Hello, everybody. Just let us know if you can see and hear us okay. We should be live in the groups. Uh, Natalie's away today, so I'm joined by Johnny. How are you? Yeah, very well. Very well. Currently in New York City, in, in Manhattan. So here for for the month. Uh, oh, it's hard. It's hard in the, hard in the city. It's a it's a tough tough kick. No, it's a yeah. It's interesting here for a bit of networking and decided just to stay for for the month just to experience what it's like living in in New York and just saying, oh, I lived in New York for a month and uh, I, I can tell people that what it's like. That that was that was the goal really. Everyone, you know, just get that experience under your belt. Yeah. So I've visited, I've visited New York a few times, but I imagine it's very different living there to actually just visiting. Yeah, I don't know. I guess like the hotel, uh, if you're staying in hotels, you probably get a better service, probably a bigger room, and it's probably a little bit better. Um, you know, we're in a sort of a flat where someone would typically live. Um, we've got used to it pretty quick, but it's it's obviously on on the smaller side. I was going to say, I can see, I can see your kitchen is behind you. That's <laughs> massive in New York. Most people, have, <laughs> most people have their kitchens next to a sink, you know, <laughs> the next to a toilet. Cooking in the bathroom. Cooking in the bathroom. So it's actually uh, not a bad size uh, flat. Um, did come at a price, unfortunately, but um, that's the price to sort of get this experience and, and enjoy it. It's something I wouldn't, rec- I wouldn't recommend New York for a, a newbie digital nomad because like all your savings will just go in probably three months so because yeah. <laughs> obviously yeah. like Thailand is kind of the go-to and that's obviously a lot cheaper than the UK whereas New York is a lot more expensive than the UK yeah exactly exactly um I think the rent we're paying <clears throat> yeah so rent we're paying we're paying under a thousand in in Thailand uh a month usually about 800 a month is about mm-hmm. the sort of typical for a nice place. You can go even cheaper and get 300, 400 a month if you go not as nice. Uh, but here, as we'll see, I think it's like four, we're paying four and a half thousand for, for the month. So it's just a, it's a big jump. And it's just like, Jesus, it's uh, we're going to do it for a month, I think, because otherwise it's just, it just eats away a little bit at, you know, you don't save as much and it's just not as nice. But uh, yeah. you have to well, live and experience, though, isn't it? That's it, you know, living in New York. It's the experience. Um, and there's the other thing as well is that uh, we're going to, I'm going to the, what's it called? The Amazon United Wholesale Conference, um, which is on Friday, uh, in a couple of days actually on the 31st. Uh, but there's a dinner before as well. But, uh, you know, people at Amazon lit, uh, Scott Needham, uh, you know, watch me Amazon and some other sort of big wholesalers and big sellers are going to be there. And I always say, if you can sort of meet these people and get in front of them and just have a chat, you know, you could pick something up that could save you more than that, what we've paid on rent. And that's what it's all yeah. about is, is picking up little tips and then putting yourself in front of these people and just trying to network in, in person, which kind of brings us to the sort of topic, right? Today. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, today's topic is going to be very much about networking. Uh, I know a few people have joined. Jay's joined us, Pardeep's joined us as well. So hi, guys. If anyone else is uh, is on listening, drop us a comment as well. Yeah, so yeah, today's topic of conversation is going to be networking. And I think this is one of the most underestimated um, growth elements of a business, just simply networking. Uh, I think it's certainly one of the biggest 
benefits to my business is networking with people, um, going out and meeting people in person. And when we're talking about in-person things here, not, not kind of virtual. Um, I think there's nothing wrong with virtual, but in-person just has that extra level of added, um, added zing, should we say. I think there's, you know, when you, when you meet somebody in person, you just get that much more out of it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so yeah, like the way to go. Yeah. So like Tim Ferriss, he's saying now that on, on recent podcasts that in-person network is, is the, the new sort of cheat code to, to, to building your audience and building a really good network that the in-person meetup is what's been left behind. And it's like the something that is, is coming back to, to being trendy because not as many people are doing it anymore people are too used to staying at home and working from home and don't want to like socialize anymore so if you can, again go to these networking events wherever they are in the world um i think that is again the key to growing your business to to, to the next height you know the next level um you know i i certainly have found from from networking with different sellers that i pick up few tips to here and now that, that that definitely save me a lot of money and really help with my business um you know it could be as, as simple as sort of learning about some sort of management technique um you know for example uh tom parkson told me about like traction uh methodology for for managing your team um so we've implemented that uh having like weekly calls and a weekly scoreboard and implementing eos and, and then traction and your business just sort of change and everything is just less stressful. And that's probably saved a lot of money. Um, just from having that sort of like, why are you having, we used to have monthly meetings and it was just like, why are you doing it monthly? Change that to weekly. You need to be more on it. Make sure you get all the scoreboards of the important data uh, and keep everyone accountable. And, you know, your results just get better and better and better by identifying those sort of things. And everything in, in business is quite simple. I think it's, it's, it's just, someone telling you the simple things and that could save you a lot of money. Um, yeah, I don't know. You've, you've recently had a networking experience going up to a warehouse to see uh, Mark, uh, where you've seen obviously a top, I think he's a top, yeah. 50, he's a top 50, top 50 seller on Amazon, yeah. I believe maybe more. Yeah. Um, I, I, what was your experience from one that? Of the, one of the biggest sellers in the country. And he's got, I think he will be the biggest seller in the country. Um, the way he's going it's incredible to see um, an operation like that and meet, meet someone like that and just spend time talking business with them. Um, it, it, you pick up so much, you know, he, you know, he offered me so many tips that funny thing is, is it, I think you get very stuck in your routine and your rut and you kind of have your business. It doesn't stagnate, but it doesn't necessarily grow. And sometimes it just needs somebody just to talk it through with you. Um, just going through the motion and saying, right, why are you doing this? Where's this going to go? What's your plan with this? And it really gets the cogs turning. It really gets you thinking about what's important, what you need to improve on, what you can cut out, for example, to save money. Because I think especially when you are an entrepreneur and you're at the top of your business, you forget, you know, you, there's no one really to talk to. It's a very lonely space. I think it's really important to understand it's a very lonely space. You know, particularly if you're struggling with something, it's you can't really talk to anyone about that because probably your family don't understand. Your circle of friends probably don't understand. Um, and you don't really want to talk to you know, your employees about it necessarily, because, you know, if you've got a problem or something isn't going well, the last thing you want to do is, is sort of say, oh, well, this is struggling because then your employees may, might run scared or they're not, you know, it's, it's not their job, is it really? So I think the benefit of networking is talking, particularly this kind of networking, is talking to like-minded sellers 
Um, and so I think one of the benefits of the hive is the communities, the networking element of that is that you can openly discuss the challenges with other people. And you probably, there's probably 10 other people facing the same challenges, but nobody's, nobody's really had anyone to talk to. And, and you can bring all these people together to overcome the challenges and, and therefore help grow your business. Yeah, absolutely. I think whenever I've listened to some of significant wealth, uh, and they had always advised what you should do. Like, I think the, the vast majority of them always say like network is, is build your network. It's, it's the most, I'd say one of the most important things you can do in, in, in business is, is put yourself and surround yourself around, uh, that industry and really, really get involved. Um, and I think the problem with Amazon sometimes is, is it's very isolating. Uh, you know, you could, yeah, you, could, you, could, you could have a setup with a prep center or you could be prepping from home. You could be working from home using virtual assistants who are in the Philippines. And it could be very isolating because you have no one to actually talk shop with. You have no one to talk strategy with. Um, and obviously networking, it, it gives you that and you can discuss different ideas. And yeah, I, I, I really strongly recommend it. And uh the reason we're talking about networking is that there is a lot of networking events are coming up. Uh, none of it events. Yeah. And actually none of them actually uh, <laughs> are sp sponsored by us or we're in association with, we're not making any money from it or anything like that or trying to sponsor it. But I, I just want to strongly recommend that if you can make it to any of these sort of networking events and, and meet like-minded people, then it's, it's highly, uh, highly encouraged that. But what do we have coming up, Matt? It's uh Obviously, we've got Amazon United in, in New York City, which is in, in New Jersey. Again, if you can get yourself down to New York, take a quick flight. Um, <laughs> uh, it's happening in a few days. I can highly recommend that. I think it's like one of the first Amazon wholesale networking events that I know of. I don't know if there's been any pre-pandemic, but it's the first where there's a bunch of Amazon wholesalers. It's all dedicated to, obviously, the wholesale relationships. So... Um, I'm kind of going in a little bit undercover, even though as one as one of the bigger wholesalers who works in wholesalers in the UK, it's like an American-based uh, networking event. So I'm going a little undercover and just sort of no one really knows too much from the American audience that I'm coming. But it's going to be interesting to to speak to the, the Americans and see what I can learn from people doing sort of higher revenue numbers and higher numbers than me uh, and people who've been in the game for a while. And I, I, I certainly... Anyone who's who's in wholesale, I definitely recommend to get yourself over to New York. Um, I just think it's, it's it's well worth it. I don't know how much flights are to New York, but with points, if you fly premium economy yeah. or economy, it's actually not too bad. It's like an eight-hour flight. Um, what else do we have? So we have after that, we have there's a, a networking event in in Hertfordshire as well, which we yeah. spoke about last week. Uh, so I'm gonna sixteenth of October, I think, isn't it? Sixteenth of October. Uh, I think I'm in Europe. I'm going to fly back just for that networking event because I know it's important. Um, you know, Al Carton's going to be there and uh, Natalie, myself, lots of people are going to be there who, um, yeah, not me. I don't, I, don't want to, I don't know why I mentioned myself in the sentence, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's worth meeting people and, and, and getting sort of business advice and speaking, speaking shop because everyone's doing the same thing and we're on the same game. Um, so, yeah, we've got that one. And there's a the one in Nottingham, which... Uh, What's the one? What's that called? Yeah, there's. Uh, I'm not sure on the name. There's another one again. Uh, uh, 
or being organised in partnership with Ahmed and uh, SAS. So I'll be attending that one. That's in Nottingham. I think it's the 28th of um, October. Uh, someone said, can you share the links? What I'll do is I'll put um, in this video, obviously, I'll put all the car in the comments. I'll go back in and put all the event links uh, and the dates as well. So, um, yeah, so if anyone's interested in attending them, we'll put the links to those up. Like I said, they're, they're not, I, no, we're not sponsoring them, but we, we will be attending them. So it'd be great to meet people. Um, and particularly members of the Hive and, and particularly members of the e-com community. It'd be really nice to actually meet you face-to-face. You know, you feel like you know each other like when you chat online and you, you message people, but, it's, you know, you don't actually... It's different when you meet people face-to-face. It's a lot nicer. I'm just going to go back to what you said about the cost as well. Um, I think a lot of people particularly, you know, don't go to these events because of the cost. And I do understand it can be expensive. Um, I'm actually attending a trade show in Berlin called IFA, which is... It's mainly sort of consumer technology, but there's loads of people going. Um, to be honest, we're probably looking about a thousand pound all in for that with the hotel, and that's even with points because the flights are booked up. But yes, that's a lot of money. But if I get one contact out of that who becomes a new supplier, or I can form one partnership out of that, what is that worth to my business? You know, it could be worth millions. So would if someone said to you, "Give me a grand, I'll give you a million pound back," you'd, you'd take that chance, wouldn't you? But you know, I wouldn't, you don't want to miss it just because it's, it's expensive. So it's an investment like in education, in, in any other element of your business, investing in, um, in warehouse equipment, investing in networking is an investment in your business. And you just need one good connection out of a show out of a, a day or two, and it could completely transform your business in a, in a really profitable way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think clever people always say that, you know, geniuses or always learn from other people's mistakes, you know, like they don't, you know, you know, people always say that you, you learn the most from your own mistakes, but the smart people always just learn from other people's mistakes. So that's what you're trying to find. Um, you're also fine when you speak to your network that other people have already, already fixed, fixed the issue that you're, you're, you're encountering. Um, so every problem is really fixed. You just need to speak to the right person. So any issue you have in your business, someone will always have an answer. Um, again, it's just putting yourself in the run from the right person who will answer that and, and give you that feedback. And, you know, again, it could be as simple as, you know, packaging pricing. And we had a, um, I don't know if everyone saw the video I, I posted about the Shredder on, on the channel, but we had a big issue with in our warehouse where we're spending a thousand pounds a month on void fill. So forward fill is what you stuff into a package to uh, make sure everything just stays in and doesn't get smashed, basically. It's to protect the the product. So, you know, spending a thousand pounds and we're like, this is just craft paper. It's just craft paper, a little bit of paper. And we're spending this much from forward fill. There's got to be another way to, to save money. And then I just, you know, went through a few, you know, I was looking for ages, trying to reverse engineer. How do I build it myself? How do I import it from China? Um, and I really struggled to actually figure out what kind of void fill you can you can do and what's the actual sustainable way of doing it. And eventually, I just went with the the shredder, and you know it's been a complete game changer. Like it's um, you know saving us you know for a one thousand two hundred pound investment, we're now going to save a thousand pounds a month. So it's that return on investment on just if someone just told me like a year ago, hey John, yeah. just get just buy a shredder. I know it's one thousand two hundred, but it's easy, quick. Someone can do it at the end of the day. You won't have to, you know, I would have saved probably about 10,000 pounds on, 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 on packaging and recycling costs. So it's, it's as simple as someone saying, so yeah, just get a cardboard shredder. 
just go for it make that move it's worth the investment if someone who's had that experience before and have gone through the same thing and said that we did this and saved thousands that piece of information is thousands of pounds so you again like you said you're the return on investment on you paying a thousand to go into berlin to meet the supplier you know you can meet that supplier who's going to be a six-figure account if you think less if you think about it maybe you're looking for these sort of six-figure annually accounts right which is a pretty good supplier i think six figures from a supplier the sort of medium supplier you know if your margins are you know 10 percent, that's ten thousand pounds from that supplier and i know there's obviously other costs and stuff like that and that's sort of not exactly how it works but every supplier you're adding on top of your revenue and that's that's growth and you know you'll yeah. pay for a thousand pounds you've also experienced berlin so you, it's not obviously about networking you're also experiencing the city getting to try some you know bratwurst and some currywurst and <laughs> you know, get, get some berlin beers which are really you know the best thing about germany is their beer so like you know and also, it's also improving your 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 own skills as well by going to these in person events. I think it's it's good for your growth as well, in terms yeah. of um, getting used to approaching people in, in uh, you know in person, going and speaking to like the moderators and and the hosts and and, and different you know panelists and stuff like that, and really just trying to like that's more of a networking, just really trying to get yourself in there and put your you know try and find like minded people. I think building those skills is also super important as well yeah yeah uh, again even if it's just because one a couple of our existing suppliers are already there i mean one of my aims is to uh when i i always say this whenever i start with a supplier i always meet them face to face um so it's good to reaffirm relationships if you've got suppliers that happen to be going to a trade show are you there yeah let's meet up let's meet face to face let's grab a drink let's grab some food and you really strengthen that relationship because particularly in this space um, in particularly in the world I do in sort of liquidations, it's very much about being first come, first served and people sell to people they like. It's the truth is that people, if, you, if you're difficult to deal with, that you know, they don't know you, then you're not going to get the first offer on the best stock. Um, again, back to what you said about making profit, you know, if I can be the first in line on a particular deal, then that may, could make that one deal could make me a hundred grand maybe uh, on the, on the, on the high side. So just by going, having a few drinks with somebody, getting to know them face-to-face, um, talking through your business, talking through what you do, what you're looking for, the supplier may be better to able to understand it. And also I've had suppliers refer me to other suppliers. They go, oh, well, um, I know so-and-so, he does this. So would you like to connect with him? And you can see how you can really expand your network so that you have a range of suppliers offering you a range of different stock, different prices. And it just it just really strengthens your overall business. Um, it, I like VAs. I keep saying this. I like VAs for for sourcing, but in terms of the business relationship, that should always be managed by yourself or somebody very high in your business because nurturing that relationship with with a few exclusive suppliers is truly the way to succeed in Amazon. I think is to to be close with say five or six suppliers and work really really closely with them, get the best deals, first access to the stock, get on the Christmas card list. You know, that is where you're going to really do well in this game. Yeah, absolutely. And and self-admittedly, that, that's something that over the past few months we were really focusing on. Previously, um, I think there's always, there's always different tiers, right? There's, you know, the lowest tier is like email, right? Trying to build a relationship through email. Um, and then there's obviously the mid-tier, which is sort of on the phone, which on the phone is actually pretty good. I can be honest, like, you need to call up these, these suppliers and speak to them on the phone. Um, for one, it's quicker. 
You know, if you send an email, they might not get back for tomorrow. But you can simply call up a supplier. Say you've found a really good product. You can call them up and in five minutes, you might be able to get a 10% discount. And that saves you 100 quid. So it's like that return on that relationship is, and then calling up is, is well worth focusing on. And then, yeah, the first tier is obviously in-person meetup. And as soon as you get that in-person meetup, there's the, the, you, you have this bond, I guess, you've, you've built from life where you're not just a, a voice or not just a uh, you know, text on the screen. Uh, I think it changes things. It changes the dynamic when you've met that, first, that person in person. Uh, they're less likely to start working with you because you've built up that sort of. It's just different, right? In person, it's just completely different. I think yeah. everyone now should be doing as much in person um, networking as possible. Um, let's hope COVID doesn't come back because it's. Uh, I don't well, know what's I, going on. I don't know what's going on in the news. I don't know if that's just conspiracy <laughs> people's. But mongering, isn't it? Makes good news, but I think it's really important. You know, I I I was always a face to face person. I've been in this business for about ten years, and I was always very much a drive and meet people that was always my thing i was i would always go out of my way to meet people which is probably why i did retail arbitrage because it meant i could like tag in a supplier visit with with the retail side so that worked really well and then covid came along and then everyone jumped on zoom and everyone thought oh, this is amazing i can get so much more done in a day but i think the novelty wore off pretty quickly um i just feel it's not you don't engage with the person in the same way you don't become friends with them, I don't think, in the same way over Zoom as you do when you actually meet them face to face. And I just don't think you you have as much opportunity for discussion. I feel like Zoom meetings are generally very formal and very efficient, which is good, you know, but you don't ever get that kind of natural conversation that you would do by going for a drink or going for food where you just talk about things. And and that is where I think the spark with the relationship can really can really blossom. And that's where you can really get into connections. Um, and also, you know, if a supplier might name drop other suppliers that you've not heard of. Or if there's somebody, a, a brand you're trying to get into, well, they might be at the show and you've never been, you've emailed them, you've been ignored, you've phoned them, you've not got through. Well, it's really hard to ignore them when you sat next to them in a bar. You know, you can make that effort. If you've got a brand particularly you're trying to get into or, you know, somebody you really want to speak to, just find them in the bar and go and, and sit down and have a conversation with them. And it can really break down those barriers if you're trying to get in with a particular particular wholesaler or, or brand. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think if you're in a category and there's a event exhibition coming up, which is within your category, you should have a very good reason not to, to, to go because that's, that's the sort of thing that's going to really change your business. And again, like we said, you could get that discount. Maybe it's an existing supplier that you said that you speak to where you can speak, look, I'm really enjoying this, but you know, I want better prices and et cetera, et cetera. There's always another tier of pricing. You just got to speak to the right person and order enough stock. Um, there's got to be a very good reason why you, you don't want to show up. And uh, I get it if it's in like Australia, that might be a little bit difficult. But I think if it's in Europe, where it's a, I, know, I think it's a quick flight away. Europe is a, you can go in, the, you can do a day trip to, to Berlin, couldn't you really? You can go early in the morning, come back at night. Um, just, you should be doing that sort of thing. And I also think it's, it's, it's good for your mental health as well. I think it's just getting out of the house. And this the problem with this Amazon business, I think, is you spend so much time behind the laptop, behind the screen, um, you know, sourcing. Everything of an online business is all behind the screen. So if you can get yourself out of that comfort zone and, and go meet people, uh, it's just game-changing for your your personal health and clarity, uh, yeah, clarity and everything. And 
that's something again that I'm starting to learn more as I work as I as I get older <laughs> is that I uh as everyone knows I've talked about this before but I, I sort of sometimes work just sort of 18 hours straight behind a laptop not really move and just have these sessions and do that for weeks and it was just just damaging it's just it's it's not good um but just like a quick like adjustment I'm doing now is that in the afternoons now I'll just go to like we work or a co-working space and I'll just work from there but at least I'll be around people you know, I'd have like free coffee and free kombucha on the on the draft and stuff like that. But uh, again, it's just that in person, uh, changing your environment is is so important for us as Amazon sellers. It's just, it's just changing yes. your environment. I think. I, I think particularly for Amazon sellers or you know e-commerce sellers, like you say, you you have virtual assistants. So some of us have warehouses, and I like coming to my warehouse purely for the conversation element of it and bouncing ideas off people, but. I think particularly if you if you you know you work for yourself, you may have a team of virtual assistants. You've got prep center, like you say, you've got you've got no one to speak to, and you may never speak to anybody. I know Cindy said she's put she's just said, um, it's so nice to find a couple of people who you feel confident to share your your store and your business details with, uh, after everyone being so secretive about everything on Amazon. That's true. A lot of people are very secretive about their business, rightly so, to protect it. But, you know, it's nice if you can find a few trusted sellers, perhaps they're in a different category to you, so they're not competing with you, that you can maybe three or four of you and you can just meet up maybe once a month because you live nearby and you can just bounce ideas off each other. Uh, and it really, really helps. It helps grow your business. It helps keep you on track. Um, I think one of the problems people have is that they they see a lot of things online. You know, there's shiny object syndrome. They jump from all different things to another and sometimes you need people around you just to sort of keep you a bit grounded and say, well, I thought last time we spoke, you were doing this. And you go, oh, yeah, I really should be doing that, shouldn't I? I'm not, I shouldn't be jumping on this project just yet. And it, it's nice to have that that structure and that networking, as well as obviously just the opportunities it presents. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just let us know in the comments, like if you have the same sort of thing where you're you know, working too much behind the laptop and need to sort of change that <laughs> environment. Um, maybe you've you spent too much time in the garage and... With, with packing but uh yeah your only friends a ups driver <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah to summarize uh you know in this business especially you know wholesale um again we keep going on about it it's a, at the end of the day it's to get to i think you can get to seven figures not networking and and, and you know doing it all email based and um very automated no not much work but if you want to get from seven to eight figures and get a grow a real big 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 business then that's where relationships really come to play and getting those discounts and you know if you want to sell the best products and the best ranked products on amazon like those people who you're competing against are definitely calling up and getting pallet prices and getting the best possible price so you won't be able to compete with them unless you're doing these sort of things and meeting these suppliers in person and go to these exhibitions and 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 so forth so um in conclusion, yeah, just you gotta, you gotta do it. Just go with it. it. Um, I think again, one of the things, like you said about the Berlin, the travel opportunities. I think one of the nice things is that um, obviously you can put it on the business, so it's a, it's a business expense. You can use your points. Yeah. Also, I think a lot of these these networking events maybe sort of random places, not so much that you you know you would ever go to. Like Berlin, it's a nice place, but it's not somewhere I think I'd ever go for a holiday. But I'd somewhere I'd fancy visiting. Yeah. So it gave me that opportunity to to, to travel as well um i've got a reason to travel i don't feel like i've you know i've got i'm making money making connections 
and I get to experience the city. And we're also going to Munich while we're there as well because of our flight back's from Munich. So, oh, really? to, yeah, we get to visit two cities that we would probably never go to. You know, obviously Italy, we'd all go to Italy for holidays, Spain, everyone goes to Spain, but no one probably really goes to Germany for a city break kind of thing. So it's nice, nice oh. to kind of have those um, experiences. Germany's great for a city break. We're, we're in Munich, uh, me and my partner in Munich uh, three weeks ago. Um, really cool place. Yeah. Good, good beer. Good, good. Um, what they called. Uh, you definitely need to get the port knuckle. That the port knuckle and and in, in, in Munich's really good. And the uh, sausages, whatever they're called. Uh, let me just think. Um, yeah, the the white's worst as well. It's like the white sausage is what translates. Okay. White's worst. Yeah, the white sausage. It's one that comes in the casing, and you open up the casing and you eat the inside of it. But Definitely get those two things, a port knuckle and a, a white sausage. Um, Thanks for yeah. 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 Because we, 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 um, we can't get a flight back from Berlin because the show finishes on Tuesday and we're going on Tuesday and everyone's going on Tuesday. So we're like, right, what can we do? So we thought we've been looking at different options. So we thought we're going to get the train to Munich and fly back from Munich because there's a direct flight from Munich. So uh, it's the benefit we get to visit two cities as well now, not just one. And we'll have some some port knuckle and white sausage you should just drive down to germany as well that's another option it's a bit big it's a bit far yeah we did that we did uh we drove back from croatia uh last sunday wait no a week sunday ago took us uh took us like two days to get back to england so it wasn't too too bad i'm only going for three days so it's probably yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah just fly fly the 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 uh in france you get all the different um tolls and stuff like that is super expensive yeah. i definitely don't recommend yeah definitely fly for sure we looked, uh, i told my wife that there was a coach option that takes 32 hours she wasn't impressed by that either does that does it have wi-fi on there on the I coach think so. i think so i'm not sure about her accounting firm would be happy of uh using the public wi-fi for work i'm not sure i think so no yeah <laughs> um cool um so yeah anyone who's listening Hopefully see you guys uh, at probably, I guess, the most realistic one would be the, the UK Hertfordshire one or the UK Nottingham one. Yeah. But yeah, I believe they're both um, SAS events who we're, we're close with. We're close with Al. Uh, so I highly recommend uh, just, just going to those because there's going to be some big business people. You know, Al's probably one of the biggest, one of the biggest business owners I know. And, you know, he's worth speaking to, especially if you're like techie. And like those sort of techie stuff, then just meeting people like that is 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 so good for like motivation and, and learning things. So um hopefully see everyone there. Yeah. Um yeah. I'm just thinking sort of... there's a few there's a few other trade shows. There's the autumn fair for those who are in the UK. I'm just looking at the dates now. Uh yeah. that's that's actually this weekend as well. That's the third to the sixth of um September. So that's the early next week as well. It clashes with IFA for me, but um, if you were in the more, if you know if you don't want to travel too far, it's in Birmingham at the NEC. That's a really good one for sort of people starting out in wholesale because you there's a lot of wholesalers there. There's a lot of service providers there, a lot of kind of general retailers there. So for anyone kind of starting out, that might be a really good little option to go to, just get an experience of of the show and meeting suppliers and things. That'd be really really worth it. It's like a very it's a very generic kind of consumer show. So there's all different sections of like furniture, clothes, um, 
consumer goods. Um, I think a lot of people would benefit from, you know, if you're trying to find packaging, a lot of packaging suppliers there. Um, probably warehousing as a few 3PL companies have been to there. So that might be a really good one for people looking to go to as well. Hopefully for most people, Birmingham is probably, probably within driving range for anybody in the UK, I would have thought. Unless you're sort of at the top of Scotland or Cornwall, it's probably not too far to get to. Yeah. I think Germany's probably a good... Um, I'm not sure if at the exhibition you're going to, but uh, Germany's also a pretty good place for packaging as well. Because they have... I don't know why there's a lot of packaging companies that are all based in sort of Germany that I've found. Um, a lot of packaging used to come from Ukraine, actually. That's where that's yeah. why packaging's use has increased so much because of... And why we, we were struggling with that is because a lot of it came from ukraine obviously they can't operate as efficiently anymore um but yeah there's lots of different uh events so yeah like i see cindy said drove back from germany yesterday had too much food and drink there the the, the wise worst uh however you pronounce it on was on the menu yep it's really really good um yeah you just the beer is amazing there um the thing about germany it's all uh, all the beers is like depending where you are it's a different beer because it's all you don't get the sort of commercialized beer there you don't get like the Cronenbergs and the Peronis and the Fosters you always get the local beer which is sort of usually government owned because obviously Germany is a sort of monopoly in terms of the government own everything own everything <laughs> um <laughs> every place right region you go in Germany would all have their own sort of beer so it's definitely a cool place to go to try the local beer um you know, if you can get past the sort of moral reasons of governments and that communist sort of country. But yeah, whatever. Uh, I'm not going to <laughs> not gonna get into that. They're not going to be political. Jim was at a party. He went to a classic car show. It was great food, beer, and music. Yeah. Um, sometimes they know the party. They're, some, some of them. Depends where you go. <laughs> <laughs> I've spent a lot of time in Germany. So uh, if you guys share these events in the comments or group. Yeah, so we'll, we'll definitely start sharing. Um where we're going to um and what events are coming up that we can we recommend um i think for exhibitions again do your own research and that's really more what what category are you focusing on on amazon Uh, i'd recommend just looking up okay i'm in electronics or grocery or you know beauty what are the beauty exhibitions coming up what are the household exhibitions coming up doesn't matter but you just got to be category focused and go 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 in there with the plan. Um, there's this e-commerce expo. This one in London too. I've never heard of that. I don't know who's hosting it. Is that a Shopify one potentially? Uh, e-commerce expo. So again, that could be as, as an interesting one. Sometimes it could be, you know, the, the promise in the September. That one is. Yeah. So, you know, that could be potentially, I don't know about Shopify focused or away from Amazon. Big, big, big commerce is hosting it. So I imagine it's very much kind of, yeah, own website based. That that looks like it'd be really good for those who are interested in uh, you know, starting their own website, looking for service providers, category management, you know, inventory management, all that kind of stuff. That sounds like a really good place to go to. Yeah, for sure. And then there's uh yeah, awesome fair. Uh <laughs> that's like dyslexia, okay. Some sort of dyslexia. Further sixth of August, I imagine. Uh awesome on the mind, I think. Yeah. Um <laughs> and then uh Cellarfest festival as well. 
so yeah it's uh expo season uh, i've got to get get your stuff down there and yeah what what other topics should we should we go into today matt well what was on the agenda do you think it's just kind of networking oh you said um what did you message me about something before didn't you yeah, what's what's going on on the Amazon world? What's everyone yeah. sort of experiencing right now? How's everyone sales? Is are you having the obviously August is typically the the lowest month of the year, I believe. Um, yeah, we've had a really good August to be honest. It's really not been that quiet. I think the weather's helped. I think um, a lot of people agree. Last year was particularly quiet because it was baking hot in uh, certainly July and August. Um, it, um, if you're selling fans and paddling pool, I think you've been a bit uh, done over this year. You've probably not done very well, but I think general merchandise has probably done quite well. I find that when the weather's particularly sunny, people go out, go to the pub, go to the beach, they're not interested in shopping online. When it's a bit grey, I think they sort of sit in a bit more and shop online because they're probably stuck with the kids, not a lot to do. So I definitely think sales this year have been a lot better over the past few months. Europe particularly has been very good for us this year. Um, we've really found our stride with that kind of after Brexit. We've, last year was very experimental. This year we've kind of really found a rhythm with it, and we're getting we're getting very regular shipments in every week now. So that's really helped ourselves as well the consistency in Europe. But for me personally, I found it to be very, very, very good so far. To be honest, touch wood, it continues. Ready before we get into Q4 when, again, I think things are going to really ramp up this year. I think this year is going to be pretty good. A lot of the doom and gloom that everyone was saying at the start of the year in January seems to have sort of not really happened. I know interest rates have gone up. That will affect people and affect spending power. But, um, you know, energy prices seem to be stabilising slash coming down now. So that will help a lot of people. Um, so, yes, there will be a, a group of people who struggle this year with energy prices and also mortgages. But overall, I think the economy is pretty strong. Yeah, yeah. I think I can see unemployment ticking up slightly. I think the job market is changing a little bit. Um, I, I can see it's, it's ticking up. So the unemployment rate is going up in the UK uh, for the last few months. I have noticed that. Um, have you been pushing FBA um, over the last few months? What's, what's your sort of strategy? Have you been doing work, doing more sort of merchant fulfilled? You've been no, we've we, pretty much we're, we're going very much FBA now and MCF multi channel fulfillment. Raw Mail recently put the prices up for the trapped post parcels for us, and it's now actually cheaper for us to send expedited via Amazon MCF uh, than it is Royal Mail, and that doesn't include the fact that Amazon will pick and pack it for us and insure it for us. So it's um it's Amazon, I think, are being very aggressive on the MCF front at the moment, and they're now doing non-branded packaging as well. So if anyone is interested in, in looking at that as an option, Amazon will now ship your products, all your products, as long as they're under 50 centimetres, in non-branded packaging. So it's a genuinely viable option now. Uh, I really think that they're trying to take market share away from Royal Mail and also um, some of the sort of 3PL companies as well by by offering these services. Yeah, Amazon been doing that for a couple of years now introducing sort of amazon shipping and amazon freight and obviously amazon shipping has two-day and three-day services that they introduced last year which obviously was to, to compete with royal mail and take their market share um with royal mail's price increase was that because you missed the quota was it because you had less merchant fulfilled was it or was it just a general increase yeah or... think, yeah it was a general increase but it's just ticked over now we because we didn't send we we don't send that many tracks the majority of our parcels go uh 48 standard but we do offer a track service so it was as an as an upsell upsell but it's a cheap upsell because our strategy is very much to get people 
onto the 40, the track service because it's last chance of loss for us, but we get them to pay for the upgrade. So we only charge them the difference between essentially. So we try and keep it as attractive as possible from a price point. So it's, it helps us make more profit essentially and improves the customer experience. But yeah, the price has ticked over. So it's now 440 for a track, track 24 parcel. Amazon's doing 430 for expedited delivery, which is not always next day, but normally next day. It's quite a lot. 430 for next day in Raw Mail. 440 in Raw Mail. Or four, it's 438 technically, so four, may as well be 440 with the duty fuel. And um, 430 via expedited Amazon. And that includes that includes the pick and pack as well, which you don't, which we have to factor onto the Raw Mail now. Yeah. So there's definitely been a um, algorithm shift recently where they're, they're definitely... Um, the algo right now is definitely focusing more on FBA. They're trying to push FBA. I think they want more people sending more stock to FBA. I think that's usually just means is there's a shortage or a supply. They have, they have capacity, sorry, at the, the warehouses. Um, but what, what I've been noticing and other sellers have been noticing with Seller Fulfill Prime, it's usually showing a two-day delivery a lot nowadays, even with Amazon shipping themselves. Amazon shipping used to be great where it always show next day delivery in Seller Fulfill Prime. So it's always a uh, always a big plus, but now Amazon shipping now is showing two day sh- delivery for a lot of different orders. So the sort of benefits of selling for Prime is significantly diminished because you're not offering next day delivery, but you're still paying for next day delivery. And typically, that was always the issue with Raw Mail is that they would never show uh, next day delivery to the to the customer. It always show two days, so order on Tuesday, you'll get on Thursday. Um, so it's definitely shifting more towards FBA now. It's, uh, you know, our, our merchant field business is still working really working well, but we're definitely getting hit with, with that sort of thing. Uh, Amazon seems to just be increasing prices. I don't think I've noticed they're definitely adding little costs everywhere they can at the moment. They're already trying to like sort their margins out and trying to squeeze us as sellers you know different price increases the storage fee increase um in america they added this seller fulfilled 25 cents per unit additional cost which again is absolutely ridiculous there's no actual reason for it it's yeah. just because it's, it's just because you're already paying a referral fee to be on their marketplace but now they're just adding a, a random 25 cents fee obviously we all we all know about the sort of um disbursements and and that changing but uh a lot of what amazon are doing now is i think they're just trying to uh prepare um you know obviously that they leveraged up at 0.8 percent at 10 billion 0.8 percent a couple of years ago which is a lot of money a lot of financing um but now they have to you know rather than growth the strategy now is more profitability so they're looking to make more profit now rather than they don't care too much about growth because i i imagine they think it's gonna be pretty flat um, for the next couple of, next couple of years, so then their focus now is all profitability. So they're just trying to squeeze as much as possible, right? It's 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 pretty ridiculous. Um, yeah, I definitely notice FBA is the thing to really focus on right now. Get your stuff over to FBA. Um, I know the majority of people here is probably FBA, but you know having both merchant fulfilled and FBA is 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 ideal for a lot of people. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think you you want to maintain a mix. I think Amazon kind of ebbs and flows. Amazon, I've noticed very much they their preference of the algorithm goes with the capacity in the warehouses. 
So when we had a few years ago, 2021, there was a big thing with the restock limits and Amazon basically got full and they sent everything back. And then Merchant Phil got massive priority over FBA, over FBA. Now it seems that Amazon has capacity, whether they've built too many warehouses and or they're just trying to literally maximize profit from every square foot. Therefore, they're pushing people back to FBA, hence why they're being more competitive when they with the um, multi-channel fulfillment rates and they're on their offering, trying to make get people to send more stuff in. I, I do think, I bet the interest rates has had a big impact as well because people can't borrow as competitively anymore. So I think, whereas if you go back two years where you could borrow money at like three, four, 5%, people would just over-order because it was affordable. I think now the interest rates are have, have affecting people that they, it affects profitability because it's, you know, if you're paying 10, 12% interest rates now, you can't you can't buy as much stuff because you know the the interest rates affects the profitability of the product line therefore people are being way more conservative with the cash ordering less sending less in that may well may well have had an impact on the amount of stuff in this, in amazon's warehouses and therefore they've got spare capacity um if someone's just said probably charging more for storage yeah amazon's definitely on a i've noticed on a trajectory of profitability I think they've basically grown for the past 30 years nonstop and they're now looking to make as much money as possible for the shareholders rather mm -hmm. than looking for growth. So you're going to see higher fees in storage. You're going to see higher fees on referrals, you know, fee here, fee there for this. Certainly I've noticed that it's a lot harder to get reimbursements out of Amazon now than it used to be. It used to be pretty easy to get a reimbursement. Now it's a lot harder because obviously that directly impacts their bottom line. You know, if you if you if they lose a piece of your stock, they're gonna make you jump through every single hoop possible before they give you that money back, even if you're entitled to it. We've had a few cases recently where we've had an awful lot of work to get Amazon to reimburse us. It's taken, you know, sort of 10, 12 messages back and two, whereas sort of two a few years ago, you'd just send one message and they'd reimburse you straight away. So it's definitely moving towards that that profitability type of um, model for Amazon. Yeah, and I think all all their sub departments as well, sub business as well, like you know Amazon Shipping as well. They did a general twenty percent increase to all seller accounts, um, a couple uh, like last month. So that that came to pay for a lot of sellers, where they've all been hit with a um, a general across the board twenty percent increase. It's a um, a big a big change for a lot of businesses. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Um, I really think. Yeah, it's changing, and and I think at the end of the day, eventually it all <laughs> it just increases the the cost the the price for the customer at the end of the day. Eventually, because eventually everyone's going to raise their prices anyway. So, um, that's just what happens, right? And that's that's what causes more inflation, right? By everyone increasing their prices, and that's just it's always a trickle effect where eventually the the, the customers going to have to pay for it. Um, yeah, I think we've we've talked about interest rates a lot, but um, you know. Obviously, the way you see it is obviously low interest rates, high growth, high interest rates, and then slow growth. And the focus is on profitability and having very good businesses. And um, I don't think I think the strategy of just getting multiple loans now and going crazy on lending and a loan there, a loan there, that's going to be a little bit damaging. It's just very risky right now with the increased loan fees and. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely tougher on the, the whole lending yes, business, and, lending yeah. world. And people, yeah, if you don't have the margins, then yeah, that is going to have a massive impact on your business. You know, 
you know, if you if you're paying this much money on on loans and things, then um, yeah, you're not going to be able to um, to afford it. Essentially, you know, the margins you're going to have to have twenty thirty percent margins because ten twelve percent's been taken up by interest, whereas that was three or four. So a lot of people, a lot of guys, particularly during the COVID, were working off huge volumes and very low margins. That business model is dead. It doesn't work anymore. Yeah, it's 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 a tough tough business. Um. Yeah, but again, it's the stuff we can't control. Uh, so yeah, just got to keep working on your business and making it as as efficient as as possible. Uh, really controlling your cash flow. I think cash flow, a focus on cash flow with all the disbursement changes is going to be very important for for people on the old system. I think you know that just cash flow management is just so important in business, and I think it's even more important now because you can't just get easy access to lending at a, a cheaper price. So I think everyone's focus really should be on cash flow, especially on the old disbursement system and sorting out that. Have you? Do you have any plans for just sort of like really ramping up your cash flow management? Because I know you're on the old disbursement system. Is that something like that's going to be a key focus in, in January when it all kicks in? Uh, I think we, yes. Um, I'm not sure how we're going to manage it at the moment, to be honest. I'm, I'm kind of hoping it will go away. I don't know if it will, though. I think it will come in. Um, yes, it's going to be a big hit in, in one time because obviously you've got to build up that reserve. I don't think long term it's going to have too much impact. You're just obviously going to have this always have this balance out there. Um, it's just going to be that initial hit. It's going to be quite hard to to manage because you obviously you're going to lose a lot of, of revenue in one sort of one or two weeks, and then as you build that reserve, then then the, the cash flow will start to flow in, and you can get your disbursements again. So um, it's something we need to manage and keep an eye on. We run a much tighter cash flow than we ever used to at the moment because of the interest rates. We don't want to borrow any money. We don't need to borrow now because it's so expensive. You know, a few years ago, it was very, it was very loose. It was just kind of get the stock, get the deals, just find the money later. Whereas now it's very purposeful. Every penny comes in and every penny's managed and we have very strict budgets. And uh, a lot of our suppliers are like, we're just like, no, sorry, your deals aren't good enough anymore. The prices just don't work for us. There's too much cost. And he's trying to get across them that the reason is is that the fees are higher. You know, Amazon's increasing the fees and and um also wages have gone up massively in the past past 18 months. Uh and, and interest rates. So it's just trying to get across the supplies that just because we bought this from you two years ago doesn't mean it works anymore. Yep, absolutely. It's it's uh again more important than ever is just to call up your suppliers and try and get further discounts and try and get the best rates and it's, it's so important now and that you know trying to get 10 percent off your your cogs is it's just it's going to make a hell of a difference and could you know potentially you know save your business a little bit and and because everything's just getting squeezed right now right so you can just you have to start squeezing your uh suppliers as well and try and uh i feel like you can't really be as generous as before like previously i'd just try and be helpful and, and buy everything from them all their different product lines but you just can't take those risks anymore. It's got to be a lot more. Our, our product purchasing is a lot tighter now. We're not taking as many risks. We're not taking gambles and products anymore. Everything is just like, I don't really even want to work with wholesalers anymore. I want to work with the bigger, the bigger wholesalers, the bigger brands and the, the direct distributors. And everything is just getting really tight now. And I don't want to, you know, I, I'm really focusing on, on keeping every cost low as possible that we can possibly do. Um, Matt, is there anything else? I think we can potentially 
round that up now. Yeah. I, th- I yeah, think. Yeah, no, um, I think it's a good shot. Um, again, just actually, just one more thing before you, before we go is back to the networking thing. Like you said, you know all the ch- all the challenges I've just described. This is one of the benefits of networking. Just explain this to your suppliers. You know, you can talk to them about it. Say, look, this is these are the challenges we're having. Uh, how can you help? And maybe um, they can they can offer terms. You know, uh, they might. This is again where having general conversations helps. You say we're having a cash flow problem. They go, well, we can offer longer terms, and then you've solved your cash flow problem working together networking if you don't make that conversation that's not something you would ever say over email i don't think maybe you would probably wouldn't it's more of a general conversation point you're just chatting about business chatting about the challenges you face mm. talking it through with the suppliers it can really help create a relationship that works for both of you because obviously they want you to succeed because if you don't if you, they, you know any supplier that screws you over once just to make a quick book is not somebody you want to work with you want to work with somebody who's going to keep buying and keep buying and they any good wholesaler is going to understand that and you know if you can work with somebody and they will keep you can keep buying from them and they can keep selling to you that's the relationship that everybody wants nobody wants to just make a few hundred quid once and then never see you again because they ripped you off with with bad bad stock yeah it's, it's identifying the the best sellers and then and going 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 ham on them <laughs> going yeah. going back <laughs> and, and again those pro and you know if you can buy you know some brands that want <laughs> a minimum order of like 12 pallets per skew and like some brand we're working with now that's their sort of minimum and you want to focus on those and just like well i don't know about the 12 but like yeah you want to get direct to source and get the cheapest price and, and, and really like yeah optimize all this sort of thing but uh yeah um i think on, on the actual exhibition front Hopefully see everyone in Hertfordshire. Uh, if you're in New York uh, and you're from the UK uh, and, you, and you know me, obviously in the groups and stuff like that, then feel free to ping me a message if you're in the area and uh, we can we can have a chat uh, in person. Uh, yeah, if you're in New York, <laughs> give me a shout if you're, if you're listening. All right. Yeah, cool. I, I won't be at the one in, on the 16th, but I will be the one in Nottingham at the end of the month. So hopefully see a few of you there as well. Great. Cool. Well, thank thank everyone for listening. Uh, Matt, it's been good to chat. It's been great uh, chat. Great Enjoy chat. New York. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy the urine and the the cannabis smell and the and and the homeless people. But yeah, apart from that, it's really really good. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool city. Thanks All right. See you next week. Bye bye. Yes. Bye.